This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. The Quadra Singers' first in-person concert since the beginning of the pandemic was at the Quadra Community Center on December 10th and 11th. We had almost sold out concerts both nights. Our tickets went on sale in, in, in Q Cove Inspirations, and we had pretty well sold out both nights. Said Valerie Van Veen. Friday night, of course, was a night of the, another big storm. So unfortunately, a lot of people chose not to drive in the very bad weather sensibly. I know that at least half a dozen people from Campbell River didn't come over. And I think there were more who could, didn't come over, too afraid of being trapped by the ferries on this side. So we didn't have the full house that we would have had. Didn't matter. Our audiences are just amazing. In fact, I just finished reading an email that was forwarded on to all the singers from one of our audience members. And we've had several emails come in actually from audience members and thanking us and telling us it was an amazing experience. Our audience was wonderful, very receptive, very keen, and uh, really enjoyed the performances. And it was really interesting because we got, the repertoire was very, very beautiful and very much oriented to the season with a very lovely Christmas theme to it. The repertoire was basically on singing, obviously, but joyfully singing. And Dr. Hooper really worked on us to remember that this is joyful. The audience reacted to two particular pieces. First of all, Dr. Hooper is just such an excellent musician. I mean, just such a, an amazing opportunity for us to work with someone at that level. And he had written a piece of music called the COVID Corona Chorus. It is a wonderful piece of music about, of, of, about, about COVID and really a lot of fun to sing. But he expressed a little bit of concern that maybe some people wouldn't find it appropriate to sing about COVID. Anyway, the song is such that everyone loved it. And uh, great applause, great applause to that one. And then we did something that um, I know we've talked about with other directors, but this is the first time we've actually done it that this way and pulled it off. We finished with Deck the Halls, you know, good old rousing, fa-la-la-la-las, everyone's happy and jolly and everyone's ready to go home. But we don't move. And so, you know, people sort of sense, okay, something else is going to go on. And by then Dr. Hoover's moved to the back of the, of the, um, of the hall. And we begin with just the soprano singing the Gaelic blessing. Well, <laughs> The choir had trouble getting through it because we were a few tears because it is such an exquisite piece of music and so sensitive. Both times when we sang it, Dr. Hoop had said to us, you're going to get one of three reactions. People are just going to say, oh, yeah, finished. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Or they'll uh, applaud politely. And he said the most profound reaction will be when there'll be stunned silence. And both nights we had dead silence. And it was so, so rewarding that all that beautiful music to be capped by that beautiful blessing was rewarded with, with that emotional reaction. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. There's many, many layers to this concert. First of all, let's look at the COVID aspect. We realized uh, that in order to even get together to practice, we had to follow all the regulations. So one, we all had to wear a mask. Our board researched and found singers masks 
that were actually uh, permitted for singers to wear. They were more comfortable to sing in. For most of us, they allowed enough movement to actually be able to sing and yet were deemed non-transmissible or as non-transmissible as possible without going through the whole N95 bit. So we all had to wear masks. And when we rehearsed, we had to be six feet apart. And Dr. Hooper, our interim conductor, and the board were meticulous before every, uh, before even every rehearsal. All the chairs were carefully spaced apart. We were very specific where we had to be. We were not supposed to mingle and we had no breaks, <clears throat> excuse me. So we had no social breaks at all. We just stayed in our seats, came in, masks on, stayed in our seats in the community hall where we, where we practice and perform and did our, did our rehearsals and then went home. It was a very efficient way of, of rehearsing. I think that we achieved a, a, a tremendous level of performance, but um, um, it was certainly alien to what we're quite used to. Absolutely no socialization because that's all part of being in a choir. So out of that came the actual performance. And with the performance, we had done the same thing, very carefully figured out the arrangement of where the choir would have to be so that we could still have our distancing but the audience could still be in with us and hear us. And so everything was very carefully spaced. And the, our choir was actually on the floor. We didn't even use the stage because the stage is very small, relatively for a 30 to 40 person choir. We're really cramped up there when we do sing. We stand on risers when we normally perform and we're really cramped in together, obviously not allowed. So we just didn't even use the stage. We stayed on the floor. And all our chairs were spaced out in a very, very large semicircle on the floor. And we had small boxes for some of the back people to stand on so that one, they could see the conductor and two, their voices could be heard. It turned out to be an extremely effective audio effect in our hall. Some people have even said, maybe we should do it again that way. The choir liked it. We felt very comfortable. The hardest, hardest, hardest thing for, I think for all of the singers, and we all had to deal with it, was not being able to really hear the person beside you. So we could hear the people beside us to some extent. We've got really used to listening really, really carefully, but it was difficult and it was a huge challenge. And I just think kudos to every member of that choir who was there at our concerts and managed to, to achieve this because for most of us, we're not professional musicians. Most of us have not had the chance to take any like the level of training that that sort of separation probably needed. So it was really amazing that that how hard we worked and what we achieved. Our concerts went really, really well. I can't tell you how inspiring it was to finally be singing together, even under the strange circumstances of all the COVID regulations. It was very, very emotional for all of us, I think, at the end of both concerts to have finally absolutely sung together all in the same room. What were concerts like in a normal year before COVID? A normal year, we would begin, let's say, in the fall, and uh, we would start our, our regular rehearsals every Thursday night in the community center. Our board, along with the uh, uh, 
choir director would choose the music that we were going to sing for the year or for that session anyway. And then we would have weekly practices. And then we would usually have extra sessional practices for each section. So the sopranos would get together, the altos would get together basses, tenors, that sort of thing, and do extra practice so we could practice more difficult sections of the music. And then, uh, and then, of course, we would do usually just one concert in the community centre in December and then repeat the whole process beginning in January and doing one concert uh, in the spring, usually in April, in the community centre. How many people would normally come to these concerts? We would normally have a full capacity in the community centre, which um, I believe is around 140, 150 people. So we would normally have full capacity and, of course, we'd be operating in concession, which um, helps, helps fund our choir needs as well. With these concerts, we didn't have a concession at all. That was all part of our COVID regulations. Everyone just stay in place, sit where you are. And we split it over two nights so that we could still have the same number approximately of people attending, but not as close together as we normally would have been. Tell me how this concert came about. What was the choir doing when COVID hit? We were in the midst of practicing our spring session back in 2020. And we all went away for spring break. But by then we figured the writing was probably on the wall for us. We thought that we probably weren't going to be coming back. And sure enough, the mandate came down, particularly after you probably know the story of the choir in Washington that had one practice. And they ended up with even a member dead and a lot of members very sick. That was right at the beginning of COVID. So we had to quit. It was really heartbreaking. We just had to stop that particular session right then and there. In the fall, our choir director, Kate Alexandra, who has been our choir director, I think, for three, four years now, decided and all of us felt that we still wanted to get together. Zoom technology was just coming in big time. So about 15 of us uh, decided that we would get together and um, go on Zoom. Kate uh, sent out music to all of us and we practiced music, practiced individually. We tried singing together on Zoom and then Kate put together a nice little uh, video of us at Christmas. So that was fun. Some of us sang individual performances, which was all put together in our video. And then we did that again in the spring, more ambitiously. And we put out another video for amongst ourselves, a sort of a cabaret performance. Thing about that was that for a lot of us, when you're really used to singing in a choir, suddenly singing by yourself, if you haven't wanted to become a soloist, suddenly you're a soloist. And that is another whole level of having to perform and accept your realities of what you sound like and where your strong and weak points are as a singer. So it was a real learning curve for for many of us. And uh, certainly, I think that those who participated really, or those who were able to participate, really found that it had improved proved themselves. I used to hate having to listen to myself sing, but this absolutely forced me to do, to do that. So it was quite an achievement. Then this fall, our board decided that the public health mandates were such that we could get together under very limited circumstances, and we decided to go for it. So you're going to have more concerts? 
Yes, we're going at it again um, in the spring. Dr. Hooper was our interim conductor for this fall. And now have Joanne Preston, who conducted with Island Voices for many years. She's retired and she is going to um, conduct us for the spring. So we have another opportunity to work with someone new and learn new skills and new opportunities. Now, this is the opportunity for you to add anything that you haven't, uh, that we haven't talked about. Um, I'd like to thank all the choir members who put their hearts into this. I'd like to thank Dr. Hooper, who took on just a little community choir and taught us so much and gave us such an, an experience under such challenging circumstances for everyone. He had a commute up from Comox every, every Thursday night. I'd like to thank our board. And I'd like to thank Joyce Baker, whom everyone knows, who did a phenomenal work behind the scenes to make sure that everything went tickety-boo and that we all really did know our parts. And I'd like to thank our audience and all the quadra people who support us. It's an amazing opportunity to come to an island like this, as, as my husband and I uh, did, and have the opportunity to join something like Quadra Singers and be so wonderful to enjoy the experience of singing together. And um, if anyone listening is interested and you're not a member, just look us up. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.